I've been saying, oh, I was going to mention uh, Trump's approval rating. So the real clear politics average, do you know what that is? They they average out all the major polls, and it's kind of a good way to avoid the problem of outlier polls pulling you one direction or another. It's an average of all the big polls. The President Trump's average approval rating in rear clear politics is at its uh, high now of 45%. With an he trades in a polls. narrow range, Jack. He definitely does. Yeah, but he's in re-electing territory. He's not in obviously you don't get to stick around territory. Mm-mm. Based on recent presidents, so we'll see how that goes. And who's going to unseat him? Of course, that's a question. We've only got five hundred and thirty-eight days to find out. <laughs> um, but Joe Biden currently. Have you check that number. That still seems very high. Another national yeah. poll out today. Biden's up by eight over Bernie. National polls don't matter. He's up in the state polls. Ah. Joe says he's doomed. Um, yes. I, I think he, I don't know if he can get the nomination. It it's, it's, depends on how much of the Democratic Party is what the media thinks it is and Twitter thinks it is. I get the sense that people are starting to come around to the idea that, oh, oh, MSNBC and Twitter aren't what the Democratic Party is. Right. And Joe Biden's closer to what it is. It's amazing how the opposite idea really took hold for a long time, partly because we perceive much of the world through the media. So we believe at least even if we don't believe them we believe kind of the broad points. Mm. And sometimes those broad points are wrong. Um, but anyway, and AOC I, does not represent anything near the majority of the Democratic Party. Far from it. Oh, not even close. Not even close. Um, so just saying Biden's doomed, I've been saying I think he's the, the best bet against Trump. Joe Biden is a great first interview. But I'm basing my idea on Joe Biden of 10 years ago or more when I've seen him doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Because he's pretty amazing up on a stage in front of a bunch of working class people. But mm-hmm. he's old now. He's super old. And here he was yesterday being uh, asked a question in a coffee shop about trade. And then it includes Tucker Carlson's commentary afterward because I just thought it was kind of amusing. Vice President Biden, do you have a comment on the Chinese tariffs? I'll answer this question. The answer is yes, I do. The president has done nothing but increase the tariffs, the, the, the debt. And the trade deficit. The way we have to proceed is we have to have our allies with us. It's not just us. We have to keep the rest of the world together. Secondly, we should labor should be at the table as well as our allies, because that's the only thing. And the fourth thing we should do is be focusing on the things that, in fact, I've been talking about for a long time. China's greatest violation is the way in which they steal our intellectual property. We should make it quid pro quo, as I've told when I was dealing with Xi Jinping. It should be simple. Here's the deal. You say that if, in fact, anything has to be owned 50% by Chinese to invest in China, guess what? In America, it's the same thing. This idea of dealing with all the only people who are paying the price are farmers and working people right now. He's going about it all the wrong way. A lot of bravado, no action. I heard him st- Oh, sorry. But wait a second, you're saying to yourself, that didn't make any sense. Not a single phrase in a full minute of talking conveyed an intelligible idea. Not one. That wasn't even word salad. It was a verbal Jackson Pollock painting. 
Nouns, verbs, adjectives spilled by cans of paint bleeding into each other. A sticky postmodern mess. There you go. I just thought that was you having sure a good time, Joe? I'm not sure that's fair. Because there was some of that where it's like he'd start on a point and I'd think, okay, I know where he's going. And then yeah. he'd jump to a different thing. Right. And then he said one, two, and then fourthly. And then, okay, what happened to the third point? And uh, just there was a couple of things in there. And I thought if he does that, that sounded like an age thing to me. A little. And I thought if he does that on a debate stage... That could be tough. Yeah. If he does one of those where, ah, wait a second, what happened to the third point? And the, you started on this and then moved to that and never finished that thought. And yeah, I just, I just don't know. I heard him state unequivocally yesterday that uh, Trump's just uh, with the tariffs. He's doing nothing about intellectual property and the stealing of uh, IT and the rest of it. You know, I get lying is part of politics, uh, but uh, that's just a direct misstatement. Well, it's a statement of the opposite of the truth. But the and first... he will get called out for that stuff increasingly. He has a huge history of that. That's the first time I'd heard him sound like I think maybe the old thing could get to him. Mm. And uh, Donald J. Trump, the president, retweeted uh, something because Scarborough said it today on uh, Morning Joe that Trump looks 20 years younger than a lot of these democratic candidates that are also old yeah. he just does yeah and um i don't it's i don't know tanning it's good for you i don't know maybe people don't care about age but i just i just feel like if you had a couple of old moments where you pause what was i gonna say you know just, would just only take a couple of things right and it could be just a huge avalanche of uh, oh wait a minute well, the only thing going for Joe Biden is that Donald Trump would never pounce on that and, oh. and repeat it over and over again and mock it cruelly. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got a couple more people we want to jam in. Uh, well, we'll go to the Republicans this time. This is the guy from uh, Montana that I don't uh, know. He's a Democrat. Democrat, right. Yeah, yeah. Democrat. So, yeah, this is this is Bullock. The only editing that I did in this is I amplified the question from the crowd because the person wasn't mic'd up. Okay, so this is unedited. Yes. All right. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what have you been proudest to achieve as governor? Um, I am happy that... Uh, we're not North Dakota. Hopefully my kids still know my import- most important job is being their dad. Okay, that's filler, not an answer. <laughs> I think the things where, you know, as governor, it's not like attorney general when you know you won or lost a case. Sometimes you won't have impacts... For years, but I know that 100,000 people in Montana have health care because of the work that we've done. I know that we've done more to the earlier question to try to keep the outside influences of dollars. What about the current question out of our election, so that your voice matters as long as you vote, right, Jamie? Yeah. As long as you vote. Um, oh man. <laughs> I, okay. So, what was the question? Is there more? What, what are you, you? What are you proud of? Bye bye, man. In your time as governor, man, I thought Scott Walker was disappointing as governors go. Man, you got you got to be ready for questions like that. That's, That's the sort s- of thing you've got to like muddle through, you know, noodle through in your head, right? Oh yeah. What's your greatest accomplishment? Why are you running? You know, just things like that. That's a, the, the most softball question I can possibly think of, and he was dead silent for about fifteen seconds. Yeah, it really is teeing you up for. Here's your chance to unleash all your accomplishments. Right. Go. Why should we hire you? Um. <laughs> Here, we'll cut it off after 15 um. seconds, but just the... the... Yes, ma'am. Uh, what have you been proudest to achieve as governor? Um. <laughs> I am... What? Happy that... 
I'm happy to. That was <laughs> but, but that's <laughs> you're done, man. Yeah, you gotta that's, go. That's I, a rough start. I tell you what, a soft-spoken and considerate human being might make a fabulous president. But you're never going to win the election. You got to be at least a little glib. And listen, I, we don't need another game show host no, as president heck no, necessarily. Heck no, but heck no, heck no, uh, heck no. And I'm not talking about Trump. I mean, just that sort of person who's glib and, I've been and saying verbal, that for years. but nothing behind it. We shouldn't hire the most glib person, the person that can uh, you know talk the best on their feet. You don't make decisions on your feet. No, that's what one of the things I hate about the debate. It's it's surprise questions, and you have to think about it on your feet in front of cameras. That's not the way the world works. Or a test of how much you've memorized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Prime Minister of Kazakhstan is, uh, what is his name? <laughs> I'm going to ask my advisors. You yeah. know, not remembering the proper acronym for the, you know, whatever, Israeli uh, intelligence services is not going to doom our relationship. That, that was not a gotcha question. It wasn't about immigration, right. abortion, Second Amendment. That, that was the easiest possible thing you could have been asked. <laughs> I don't know. Why? That's disappointing. I'd heard the guy was was substantive and reasonable and well liked, works across the aisle, that sort of thing. Well, and, I could have shaken him, and he might have thought, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta spend some time thinking about right. this." Right, it's so my crazy game. early. Gotta be ready to cover. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody. You yeah. think he'd know that going in? Has he ever seen anybody run for president? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then one more. How long is this clip from Kirsten Gillibrand? It's short, isn't it? I just want. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's short. I uh, feel bad kicking her. Because she's just obviously such a halfwit. This is one from this is from a while back. This is when she launched on Kimmel's show, Fallon's show, somebody's show, Colbert's show, whoever. I'm going to run for president of the United States because as a young mom, I'm going to fight for other people's kids as hard as I would fight for my own. Here's all you need to know about that. She's 52. <laughs> how can you how can you announce the reason the the reason you're running for president? Yes. I mean, so this is the Getting back to the, you got to have these answers ready to go. Right. This was part of her launch. My my reason for being, I'm a young mom. You're 52. <sighs> Nobody thinks you're a young mom. Just who's an old mom in your world? <laughs> Um. I, yeah. Nobody. Oh, nobody thinks I'm okay with you. Don't have to call yourself old in your fifties. Sure, yeah, but you don't get to call yourself young. That's delusional. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I'm not young. And then, especially <laughs> if you put the mom qualifier on it, which you can only be a mom between like thirteen and forty-four, something like that. Um, well, now you could still be raising your kid. You're still a mom. Well, sure. Right. But you're not a young mom when no, you're fifty-two. Not so much. No. You're just not. As you've pointed out. Not not even close, really. The only reason she gets a whiff is because she's the senator from New York and inherited Hillary Clinton's safe seat. And if she didn't have New York contributors who are fans of hers, which is inexplicable because, again, she's really a non-entity, um, she would, well, she'd be a non-entity. Yeah, the only reason you've heard that she gets any traction at all is she's, you know, she's a New Yorker. And there's no reason to beat up on her because she's never going to be anything, so it doesn't matter. But I just thought that was hilarious. Your thing you're going to hammer on is how you're a young mom right. in your 50s? I don't like the uh, everything's focus group Hillary Clinton approach, but you should ask somebody, hey, what do you think of this? <laughs> all right, one more. I know we're on the late, but we've got to do one more. This is Tulsi Gabbard, who is, believe it or not, running. She's a, a senator, yet another senator from Hawaii. She's on Joe Rogan's podcast, and she's talking about James Clapper, who is on CNN all the time. And you had, uh, I think he was the the director of the Department of National Intelligence at that time, James Clapper, who sat before a committee in the United States Senate and blatantly lied. Yeah. 
he was asked very directly, are you collecting this information? And he said no. Yeah. Are you collecting this information on American citizens? And he said no. And yet he's somebody who you see on TV almost every day as an expert in this country, without any consequence, lying to the American people. She is smart. She is reasonable. She is moderate. She is in, you know, your 2% crowd at this point. But uh, there's a dark horse for you. Of course, I called old Bullock a dark horse yesterday. <laughs> How do well, you... he's a very, he's a black horse. I mean, he's a very, very, I can't even see him anymore. He's very dark horse. Even if you're great, how would you break through? I mean, uh, Buttigieg did. He, he broke through somehow, but I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Anyway, we've got a long way to go. A long, oh, yeah. long way to go. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, there's audio on the turkey story? Wait a minute. we got to have Marshall in here for that, though. Marshall, who uh, claimed that turkeys menaced him to the point of terror in his car. But he's I, surrounded by two tons of steel, yet he's still afraid of birds. But I, as a psychologist, figured out why. Oh, Oh right, yeah. What was it again? What was your the conclusion? month? The month that our newsman spent in the L.A. County lockup, people were starting to circle him after a month in there, and he was starting uh, to get really worried for his safety. So the turkeys are actually triggering him. The turkeys are triggering him and reminding him of that circumstance. I think that's what's happening. Our friend Mike Lyons. There was a, a terrifying turkey story in the news. We'll bring it to you when Marshall's around, but uh, so he can enjoy it too. I I feel a little bad mocking him now. Uh, our our good friend Mike Lyons, CBS military analyst Mike Lyons, tweeted this, and I happen to see it. Uh, the USA Today is on this story. 71% of young people are ineligible for the military right now. The flip side of that being, there's a carry, there's a 29, only 29% of America's young people could even conceivably be in the military. But damn near three quarters are ineligible, mostly because of what? Obesity? No high school diploma or a criminal record. It's also an issue for businesses, uh, non-military businesses, because the vast majority of that age group isn't eligible for many jobs either. That's a, and, and we can get into that in a little bit. Um, the 29% of the 17 to 24-year-olds who are qualified become prime targets for all recruiting, military, college, and jobs. Um, this uh, Rear Admiral Thomas Wilson, I would not take the promotion to be a Rear Admiral. Too many jokes. Um, but he calls it a war for the qualified. It's one of your job qualifications. How mockable is the title? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a very real risk to our national security, according to experts. Whenever I've heard these statistics throughout my life, the percentage of people that graduate college or do this or do that, I always think... Why is it so hard to be successful then? When it, when it's uh, you hear these stats and you think, well, then if you can be in that top twenty-five or one-third or whatever, you'd, you'd think you'd make it. But it's still very, very difficult. You know, I hadn't intended to go down this road, but it's it's irresistible. They're they're talking about possible solutions in the USA today, and they say the solution could start in childhood. 
Um, and this guy who runs the York Day Nursery somewhere or other, um, perhaps in York, Pennsylvania, it doesn't say. Oh, yeah, I think it is York, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, he says, uh, is everybody listening? Early childhood education is the focus. They're promoting a common message. Young people need preparation early in their lives to be productive members of society later. That's what they have discovered. Wow. That you have to teach young people what it is to be responsible and a productive member of society. And they're suggesting that the government fund little schools to do that. Uh, is anybody tracking with me right now? Is there any, I didn't, are there there parents that don't think about that every day of raising their kids like I do? In a world where 71% of kids can't get into the military because they're obese, didn't finish high school, or have a criminal record, I would suggest the answer is no. No, there aren't enough parents who are worrying about that all the time. Or yes, I can't remember in which form you asked the question. Wow, that's crazy. I constantly think with my kids about how is this behavior or that going to translate into later life and right. their success and how do yeah. I try to massage that or whatever. Yikes. If we're at only 29% are eligible or able now, what are we going to be at in 10 years? Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Senator Lindsey Graham on what he calls the horrible situation at the southern border. We got President Trump's observations on Biden, Bernie, and the New Green Deal, and more bad news for Roundup. Oh, God. Uh, stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Britney Spears may never perform again, says her manager. Remember, she she's always at the top of the money-making list. Yep. She made like $80 million or something last year. She yep. may never perform again. She's mental health problems just out of nowhere. More of them or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, yeah, she's only 37. Did uh, you talk about her dad's health problem? No. Ruptured colon. Really? Ooh. I don't know how that happens, but it sounds uh, unpleasant. Jeez, I'd say. Yeah. Papa John's, I'll bet. Oh, boy. They have attorneys. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Senator Lindsey Graham is planning to introduce a bill to address what he is calling a horrible situation at the southern border. In a Capitol briefing today, the South Carolina Republicans said the bill makes necessary changes in the U.S. asylum system. Graham argued the system is making it way too easy for migrants to get into and remain in the U.S., He's saying the system actually gives migrants and smugglers incentives to plot their journeys to the United States. Graham also noted he continues to support comprehensive immigration reforms. He chairs the Senate Judiciary Committee, so he's going to unveil the details of that bill later on today. Meanwhile, you got House Speaker Nancy Pelosi weighing in on the passage of the controversial abortion bill in Alabama. In a brief remark to reporters, Pelosi called it very sad and heartbreaking. The Alabama State Senate approving a bill that would ban nearly all abortions, and it's now waiting for the signature of the Governor Kay Ivey. And U.S. embassies... You know what's really interesting about the abortion thing, the abortion debate? 
is that there is widespread agreement among Americans on what abortion policies they can tolerate. Yeah, there's 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 majority support even among Democrats to not have abortions after the first trimester. Yeah, it's an easy win politically. And there is a very large majority of Americans that says whether I'm comfortable with it or not. Yeah, if you want or need an abortion in the first trimester, we can't stop. You. Yeah, so you could make the law, you can get an abortion up until the first three months, and that would be a majority acceptable in America. Yeah. You'd never get that idea from the media reports and the activist groups and all. And I'm not saying you don't have a right to uh, express, you know, uh, another point of view on either side, right. um, or that you're bad for doing it. I just think it's interesting to point out that there is indeed widespread agreement. And now we've got U.S. embassies in Lebanon, Iraq, and the United Arab Emirates warning American citizens about heightened tensions in the region amid escalation with Iran. In advisories that have been issued throughout the day, the embassies advised Americans maintain a high level of vigilance and keep a low profile. I do all that time. On I do that anyway. The embassy in the high c- level of vigilance, low profile. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the way I live my life. That's what we call you, old high vigilance. Anyway, those warnings all being issued today, almost simultaneously. Old high low, we call it. I would like to hear more on why all this is happening. Why did we send an aircraft carrier? Why are we pulling people out of Iraq? Why did Pompeo go over to talk to whoever he's talking to? What's what's going on? No. I'm here to tell you, based on my years in the intelligence services, Jack. Hey, I read a book once. Um, we have very, very sensitive intelligence. We have a guy. This is a guess. I hesitate to even say this out loud. It is my belief we have a guy inside one of the major Iranian-backed militias in Iraq. And he got word that they've gotten the uh, the go signal, or are about to, to do something horrendous to our troops or our allies in the region. Uh, I suspect it's something like that. And and we can't say specifically, because that militia would say, whoa, we got a mole. That's my guess. Hmm. So we're maneuvering kind of to, to let them know, uh-huh, we have our suspicions. Right. This is all based on my yeah. time driving <clears throat> past the CIA headquarters, which I did multiple times and plan to again. President Trump taking a tour of Sempra Energy facilities in Louisiana, and he was speaking about energy infrastructure and the economy. Trump saying, you know, the U.S. can cover its own energy needs, saying we don't need anybody. Trump also attacking the Green New Deal that many Democrats are embracing. The Green New Deal, everybody go home, you just lost your jobs. The Green New Deal is, that's a hoax like the hoax I just went through. Trump also taking some time to attack some of the current Democratic candidates for president. I don't know what the hell happened to Biden. What happened to him? I'm looking, I said, that doesn't look like the guy I knew. What happened to him? And Bernie, you know, Bernie's crazy. Bernie's crazy. But Bernie's got a lot more energy than Biden, so you never know. I'll tell you, that that clip we played in Biden looked old. That's the first time I've thought, you know, age might be an issue with him. He you looked, having a good looked, time, Joe? He looked old. He was he had the old person movements, kind of like slowly turning around and just right. uh, and kind of meandering thoughts. Well, and again, in his prime, he just had a tendency to say stuff that that made him look bad, or just he's not that great. As I said earlier, he is terrific on the first interview, but then you get going a little bit, and yeah. and you think, nah, we'll hire somebody else. 
Research done at UC San Diego linking the herbicide Roundup to liver disease. The researchers studied the amount of glyphosate in the main ingredient uh, in Roundup in the urine samples of two groups of people, one with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and one without. The study published yesterday found that glyphosate residue was higher in suspects with liver disease regardless of possible underlying factors like age, body mass index, or race. The results of the study coming as the company that makes Roundup facing multiple lawsuits alleging the product causes cancer. So now the researchers in San Diego are saying there could be a link between Roundup and liver disease. And NASA's warning the moon is shrinking. It's happening because the moon... Oh, no! It's happening because... I was worried about this! It's happening because the moon's molten core has gradually been cooling, causing lunar shrinkage. Mm, Lunar shrinkage. Researchers estimate the moon has gotten around 150 feet smaller over the past several hundred million years. Oh, it's practically gone. (laughs) Boy, there's some interesting stuff about the moon rocks. They're about to... To open up the the vacuum-sealed moon rocks they've been holding on to since the late 60s, early 70s, and do uh, tests on them that they couldn't do back in the day. And this is momentous. It's really interesting. They think the moon used to be just covered with lava. Uh It was just a flaming flaming orb in the sky. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, if you're into this stuff, it it really was very interesting. Uh, But uh, the fact that it's shrinking, kids, enjoy it while you can. It'll be gone by next week. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So, uh, we mentioned a story yesterday where if you're on WhatsApp, your security got, or your stuff got stolen. Like 1.2 billion people are on the WhatsApp, Jack. Very popular. It's part of the Facebook family of services you can't live without. Yeah, I didn't know that was part of the whole Facebook. So, another Facebook entity where you got your information hacked. We'll talk about that coming up with a guest on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I would never shut up. How many people trust Twitter? I don't know what that means. I got the poll numbers for you coming up. Normally, I'm the pain in the butt who who questions polls, but yeah, I'm a bit mystified by that very question. question Yeah, Uh, here's a question: Can you trust the apps on your smartphone? No, well, Well, I don't know. Absolutely not. 1.5 billion users around the globe use WhatsApp. What do you do with WhatsApp? I don't have it. It's a messaging thing. Although we can get into that with uh, Molly Roberts, who's an opinion writer for the Washington Post and is up on the new uh, security flaw scandal scare going on with WhatsApp. Rather, Hello, Molly. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're, we're terrific. Uh, hey, tell us about this security flaw and, and, and what happened to users, because it's amazing that the bad guys can do these things. Yeah, so what's particularly amazing about this is, you know, we've all been taught that you're not supposed to click on fishy links when you get an email, and maybe even people are becoming aware now that you shouldn't pick up a phone call from a suspicious number. But what happened here is you didn't need to click anything, and you didn't even need to pick up a phone call to have a suspicious number, call your WhatsApp, 
hang up after maybe two rings, and by doing that, implant spyware onto your phone that would allow access to camera, microphone, location Ooh. data, basically the whole operating system that could allow them to trawl through some messages and emails as well. Okay, so this wasn't just you stole my passwords and my address and all that sort of stuff. You turned on my microphone and my camera. Oof. Wow. And so obviously, Molly, they'd implanted some sort of malware within the app that when the call came would be triggered, I guess. It would see that number and say, okay, now. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, it's amazing in a way, but it's scary. Yeah, you use the call to access the phone and implant the malware. And you didn't have to answer it. That's right. So, Zero click is well, what So what am I it. supposed to do? <laughs> Smash my phone with a hammer. That, that, that's the first step. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of the terrifying thing is that it does show this idea that there is no perfect security. Of course, these 1.5 billion users, it's not the case that they were all getting these calls. This is very targeted. So this was being used against human rights activists and journalists mostly. So probably if you're not doing any pesky human rights activism in a country with a bad human rights record, you're okay. But yeah, generally there are ways we can be more secure on our phones, can store less on the devices in the first place. We can use the most secure apps possible but there are bad guys out there who Darn it, are i spent the weekend advocating for voting rights for young people in uganda that's what i did all weekend <laughs> i'm on the list no so but th- this will expand to other people obviously i mean if, if this technology gets around to where you don't even have to answer the phone anymore they just need to call your number and boom they're in they've turned on your microphone and your camera there's going to be a lot more of this isn't there Yeah, so companies like WhatsApp have to kind of continually be on the lookout for vulnerabilities in their services, and that's what they do. They basically say, hey, if we were a hacker, how would we try to get in? And that's really the best defense against this is to try to stay one step ahead of these people. So now that they know that there was this vulnerability, they were able to patch it. Other services have their eye out for this now. But again, the bad guys are in this arms race to get a better type of technology that then will bypass whatever new things the services are able to put into place. So, and I'm sorry, do we have any reasonable idea of the the who and why on this? So we do not have any reasonable idea of who exactly was trying to get into the phones of the human rights activists who've been targeted by this, at least in this particular case that helped the flaw be discovered. We do know that the software comes from an Israeli firm. It's a spy software. This is called NSO Group is the name of the firm. Basically, they say we will market this to law enforcement agencies and governments, and they say they have a process for evaluating human rights concerns, but it's been used by some governments with fishy human rights records. So Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Morocco, Mexico. And so there have been cases since 2016 when this was first discovered on the phone of a now jailed activist in the UAE that these governments have been using it to try to get access to the communications of people who've been bothering them. Wow. Wow. That is scary stuff. Molly Roberts, opinion writer for the Washington Post. Hey, Molly, we really appreciate the time you took to explain it all to us. Uh, Good to talk to you. Thanks. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Um, She didn't like my hijinks? No. I'm not sure who does appreciate them, frankly. Uh, So I tell you what, I'm... I'm a big supporter of Israel. I'm a big admirer of Israel, how tough they are in their skill at various things. But sometimes they scare me a little bit. I mean, well, I seriously, see- I, I realize they're in a super high security situation. 
But the idea that dictators and, and the monsters of the world are now using this stuff to root out the yeah, dissidents I, who are just striving for freedom, well, boy, that bothers me. I just feel like a technological line has been crossed now. And so it starts with this, but pretty soon, who who knows is going to have who's going to have it? Just you the know. key is never turn your phone on, so you don't you can't receive any calls. When, when turn it on, use it as fast as you can, as furtively <laughs> as possible, and turn it off again. And if the phone rings while you're on, it smash it with a hammer. Up until five minutes ago, I was pretty confident, <clears throat> and okay, I don't I don't answer the numbers, I don't know, I don't click on links, I don't know, I'm okay. But now, if all they've got to do is call, and there's nothing I can do, ah. What, what what now? Uh, by the way, uh, Molly was uh, still on hold when you said what she said, and she responded to executive producer Hanson. Actually, I love hijinks. <laughs> Just not so, yours. That's right. You stand right. corrected. Just your particular hijinks. <laughs> hijinks in general, delightful. <laughs> yours, well. <laughs> um, oh, that's beautiful. Like, I got a phone call yesterday. This has happened to me a couple of times where I get a call from my own number. Have you had that happen? I don't recall seeing So that. the the number calling <clears throat> me is my number. Well, that's a conundrum. And in the past, I've not answered it. I don't want to talk to me. I'm a pain. One of, oh, one I, of, I'm, he's and I'm always calling in, a complaint about something. And I'm always interrupting myself right when I'm doing something. Right. One of the ways that they have disguised kind of robocalls is they can kind of parrot phone numbers that are similar to yours. I haven't heard of it being exactly your phone number calling, yeah, so I but got, they would make it... Close enough, you're like, do I know this person? Right. And I answer. always call me when I'm bored and I waste my time, <laughs> and I have things to do. I know I'm driving, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm in the middle of stuff. I only call myself when I'm drunk leaving the bar at 2 in the morning. Right. Long. I hung up on myself. I thought I was rude. <laughs> um, so I called well, myself. We could probably go on for quite some time on this theme. More hijinks. I, I got a phone call from myself. I answered it, and it was a message saying... Your phone number has been compromised. Oh, no. Oh, no, it said, this is AT&T. <clears throat> this is AT&T. Oh. Your phone number has been comp- compromised. We've shut down your service to get it reinstated. You know, press two. And I thought, well, this is a scam. I didn't. I just right. hung up. But That's a good scam. That is a good scam. As scams go. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. What do you want now? I yelled at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably leave me a long rambling message now. Why didn't Great. you just text me? I don't need, I'm not going to listen to your message. Text me if you need me. So, uh, I, I hate to get into on air arguments with, with listeners, but. Uh, Do you? Just allow me my premise, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who remember back when we used to take calls would know how ridiculous a statement that is. <laughs> I do miss that, though. Do you? There are days. Oh, did I tell you I had a dream about we started taking phone calls again? Ah! I know. <laughs> Is that a dream or a nightmare? Well, it, it started out good, but then, like, the second call was rambling and dumb and off topic. And I was looking at Hanson, like, did you screen that or not? And it just. It was, what a strange thing to dream about. I yeah, talked you need to better dreams. But anyway, so Matt and Napa, it knows absolutely nothing about assaulting your cheating husband's car with golf clubs. Um, yet he's chosen to lecture me. Uh, we were talking about the new book about uh, the downfall of Tiger Woods that's come out and is so chock full of yummy, yummy gossip. <laughs> right. Details that you oh. don't need to know. And listen, I have a feeling his ex-wife's family, I-, I don't know this, but I have a feeling they may have been somewhat generous with the information. 
Yeah, that and neighbors. Because, yeah. Tigers down was one of the highlights. But I'm telling you, her family really, really is angry at Tiger. They've had to keep it cool because there are kids involved, which is what grown-ups do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she was like this princess. And who did she end up with? Well, the charming, handsome, greatest golfer of all time, arguably. And he ends up being a, a pig. So, yeah, they really dislike him. But I suggested that if you're going to attack your husband's vehicle with a golf club, go with a sand wedge because it's got some real good weight to it, some good window cracking weight. Um, and he suggests a one or a two iron. Number one, uh, no, nobody has a one iron, Matt. So that's idiotic right off the uh, right off the bat. What is this, 1968? A driver wouldn't work? Uh, it would. It absolutely would. Usually graphite shafts, though, these days, yeah, Jack. Yeah, too, too much flex on it. You're not going to really... I feel like the irons are going to be better for, for, for window cracking. I don't, I don't hate a driver, but wouldn't, I'm telling you. Wouldn't a putter be great? Oh, Just well, for a putter would be window? solid. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. The short stick, the flat stick is an excellent uh, idea. And he says go after the, uh, the hood with a one or two iron because it's got a bigger face, less of a leading edge. But you don't want greater. You want a leading edge, Matt. I will grant you this. It's a longer shaft. So if your husband, like, almost eluded you as he's trying to frantically drive, get over his ambient buzz and delete texts, um, you could get a little more reach to maybe take out the rear view. But other than that, a two iron's useless. So, again, Matt, think about these things before you bother me with your silly emails. If you weren't listening, the the new biography says that fateful Thanksgiving Day uh Tiger had been texting numerous mistresses on Thanksgiving Day. And I just love like, you, and I love you, <laughs> and happy and Thanksgiving, baby. Can't wait to see you. Multiple gals from his home on Thanksgiving Day. Wow, that's a that's that's an illness. But anyway, yes, he passed out from his ambient addiction, and he had typed out a text but not sent it yet. And uh, and his wife found the phone, and that's how it got started. So she sends the text. Waits for the response, calls, Hello? and that's the end of that. Uh-oh. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.